Welcome everybody back to another episode of our Jack X podcast. We are joined today by Greg Harvey from the famous group. Thanks for joining us today, Greg. Yeah, you're welcome, Perry. You have a nice radio voice. (laughs) Sounds very professional. (laughs) Thank you very much. That's very sweet of you. And I can hear... I can hear some, what sounds like some lovely dulcet bird tones in the background. Are you coming to us from a, from a nice location? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, where I am, it's 4, 4.40 in the morning. I'm, I'm in the big island of Hawaii. Um, but, you know, all, always working. So at least, at least I have a nice, unfortunately, since the podcast, you can't see my background, but it looks like a completely phony Zoom background that I got download as a desktop from some tropical website yeah that's stunning that stunning sunrise is uh it does make it a, a little bit better doesn't it yes <laughs> well we will although I, sh- although I should uh, yeah although i should have had a whole bunch of kona coffee before, the, before <laughs> this but i'm I'll, I'll be good i'll try i'll try to i'll be sharp ready. Oh, I'm sure it'll be great. Well, you know, if let's just start uh, at the beginning. Could you just, um, for everybody listening, kind of introduce uh, yourself as in your role and and who the famous group is and, and what you guys do? Yeah, sure. I'm. I'm. I started this business with a friend of mine that we I've known since high school. Um, his name is John Slesser. So we we've actually it's the longest relationship I think I've ever been in in my life. So we we've we started this business when we were 27 years old, and we're still go- we're still going strong. Um, I think it's been it's been 24 years of of doing this together, um, and so you know we've started sort of on the on the in venue side, you know, a long time ago when before the before the actual color video board, we started when there was actually still the dot matrix board. And, you know, the, we, we started sort of the concept was bringing in like more high dollar, high end television like ESPN, Fox Sports at the time. We're doing really good branded packages. If you went to a stadium at that time, the, the stuff was like a little animated dude with a suitcase at like two frames a second saying walking. If there was a walking violation at, on a basketball court, stuff like that. So. You know, we, we came in there I, and, you know, the idea was to pitch to some of these teams, you know, doing these kind of broadcast graphics package that matched what they were doing on television and ha- happened just to pick up one of one team that uh, for two season tickets did the whole thing. And then, we, then then we were like, oh, man, we could probably make a business out of something like this. And um, so, yeah, he he actually worked at the Clippers where I where I did where I did this this little video and this whole branded package and then he quit and I had I had a few pennies saved up and we we started the famous group and you know it's just been something something crazy wild I mean it's like fast forward now I mean we're we've been in the last 17 Super Bowls and we're doing all this crazy you know next gen stuff around mixed reality and cloud streaming and you know all the stuff we did over COVID it's it's just it's been really um, an incredible journey journey for us um you know as partners and as, as a company as well and you know my role was i started off as doing pretty much doing everything i mean i i know how to do 3d after effects photoshop illustrator 
I'm, I'm a licensed steady cam operator, which I don't know why I needed to do that. Um, you know, I have a lot of experience in live production as well. Um, and, you know, but I got in about, in about 2016, I got, I, I had this feeling that linear content production was going to be a dinosaur soon and that we needed to sort of figure out like how we're going to move forward in in this space where we're not just creating pre-rendered content because, you know, there's, I, I just, I could just tell, I, I, I could start to see that inside these venues, they were starting to bring in social display. They were starting to try to do some other things, these very limited sort of interactive experiences. And so that's when, that's when we got, I got really involved in the gaming engine side of things. So, you know, we, we built this real time social display platform that was using unity sort of power this, dynamic social content and again and again this all comes from the visual side of the business it comes from that this stuff stuff needs to look high-end and it needs to look like it's part of the broadcast at that time again they were showing you know i go back to that dot matrix war with the little guy with a suitcase walking i mean there i you know at the time social display was web-based and it was a flat tweet on a screen well nobody wants to go to a venue and see all this cool shit and then all of a sudden you got a bunch of flat tweets up on the screen that first of all, you can't even read. And, you know, second of all, they're really, it's really boring. So, you know, <laughs> why do you care? The idea, yeah. Why would you care? Well, you know, it's still, it's an interesting thing anyway, you know, but um, so, yeah, so we, we basically developed a system to run it through a game engine and then display everything in 3d um, in these real time environments that could be manipulated by the operator. Um, and, you know that was we we that was really good. I mean, we picked up about fifty five clients using that software. Um, we tried the whole uh, software licensing model, which uh, I highly don't recommend, especially since that's a little bit outside of our wheelhouse. You know, we we consider ourselves as like a fan experience company, so the technology stacks that we use are really like underpinnings for the visual experiences that we provide. You know, for fans or venues, uh, teams, brands, things like that. So we're not selling, we're not licensing software. We're not going out there and, you know, having somebody download our stuff. And it's been a really interesting evolution because there was a lot of learning around going, A, going from sort of a traditional production company into sort of this switching into all real time into the gaming side. And then also a lot of that had to, we have built a lot of, you know, software. So using content management systems, um, just, just a whole bunch, it's a whole different type of business. So, you know, we've, we've been, the good news is we had a lot of experience before what happened, um, you know, with this pandemic, we, we had already been about three and three to four years deep in like all of this kind of stuff playing with all this kind of stuff. So, you know, despite the shock that we were in live events and thought, you know, this is the end of the end of the, the end of it for us. Um, you know, we had we had some good technology that we could we could use to, you know, to to move forward when everything went hybrid and, and remote. Um, I don't like to use the P word pivot, but I'll, I'll say I don't use the P word or the word metaverse. I, I just can't do it. Um, I, I try to call it the experiential verse for now until I figure out a cooler name. Um, well, those are two words yeah, on we, the bingo. So you are you already got yeah, two of those, so, Greg. If we, if you can rewind this and just scratch out the, the the pivot part, that would help me a lot. But anyway, so um, 
so yeah so we we had you know we had been and you know we had licensed some software we had about 55 clients that were licensing software and it's just not it's not if you're not if you're not a software business like a traditional software business it's a very not a good business model because we had to deal with the hardware the support you know you don't think about all those things and we're running event-based stuff so some of these clients had 80 some games i mean the baseball teams things like that so every weekend you know instead of like being outside or watching a football game you're on the computer moderating and, you know, talking to the teams and troubleshooting and doing all this kind of stuff. So we were like, uh, that's not so cool. The fun part is making all the cool stuff on the on the front of it. So, you know, that sort of has evolved, too, and, and um, into becoming more of kind of a tentpole of, of experience where we, we really, in a lot of our stuff, we go on on site and operate the entire as a turnkey. And then, you know, we so for the mixed reality stuff that we've been doing, um, and some of these larger sort of events that we do, soft, um, I'll say, quote, unquote, software, I'll, I'll call it a tech stack. Um, you know, we go on site, we set everything up. Um, we're doing the hardware, the software, the operation, the production work. Um, and then, you know, pull it all down and pull up the tent and go home. So that's what we've been doing at this with the NFL. We run all their tent pole events, Super Bowl draft and uh, the kickoff the london games mexico uh so we've been we've been doing a lot of stuff we do a lot of work for we did nba all-star game this year we, we've had a we've had a good run this year so far of, of yeah. work as well now i feel like i'm I'm like rambling all over the map um <laughs> no but, not at um, all i mean <laughs> yeah i was yeah, I, I was just gonna say that yeah um i was just gonna say so now you know we've, we've kind of you know, we went through that whole experience and, you know, we, we were able to sort of bring in these, you know, what's now called like a hybrid where you're bringing in live audience, you know, from the cloud into streaming into physical locations. Um, so we did that at, we did that and we had no idea what we were doing. We didn't even know how to do that. And I think we were on a call with, um, at the time, the the Vegas, the draft was being canceled. Everything was being shut down. And we had a huge footprint on there. We were doing all kinds of stuff at the draft. And it all started closing. And, you know, they, the NFL was like, well, shit, what are we going to do? Um, this is going to ha- end up being in Roger Goodell's basement. He's going to be a talking head. So we're like, well, what if I, th- I think it was me or somebody on the call said, well, what if we just bring fans in remotely into screens um, you know, down in his basement, he can talk to them while he's doing, while he's doing, you know, the draft picks and stuff like that. We can have it, you know, if you're, if he's doing picks for a certain team, we'll have those fans come in. He can talk to them. And they were like, they, the, the call kind of ended. And then they called back a couple days later, like, yeah, we want to do that. How much is that? And I think we had like two weeks to figure it out. We didn't, I didn't even know how to, nobody knew how to even do that. So we had to like, scramble around somehow we 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 managed to barely pull it off and then that's when the wwe called us and you know wanted us to take do those virtual fans and that thunderdome experience they had which was eight weeks to get that done and that was heck on earth that was an unbelievable difficult sort of lift but we we basically you know we were able to deliver five thousand fans low latency fans per night over 110 events over that year. That was like the biggest, one of the biggest projects we'd ever done. So it was a huge, 
won a whole bunch of awards, was really successful. Um, and again, it just kind of shows that, you know, we, and this is all based around broadcast. This is like broadcast, virtual audience for broadcast. It's not like a Zoom or a Teams call. The amount of control you had over audience placement, removing people, featuring people, the whole back end with multiple cameras. They had, they were selling meet and greets for wrestlers inside it. They were selling merchandise in there. It was a whole, it was a whole experience for the fan from the, from the, and it was all web-based. So there's no app or anything like that. Anyway, it, it was, it was awesome. And, you know, and then of course you come out of a thing like that and you're like, Oh snap. Now everybody's going back to, uh, to, to IRL as the kids like to say in real life. And, uh, you know, what are we going to do now? <laughs> so we, so, you know, once again, here comes the old pivot word. Um, we, um, you know, we had been, we had been where we're, where we're really seeing a lot of growth is in this mixed reality stuff that we've been doing. And we, we, you know, we, we had a project that we did um, in Baltimore in 2019 for the Ravens where we had this giant Raven flying around and that thing went bananas. I mean, it blew up the internet. People were like, what the heck is that? Um, it's not an original idea, so we can't take credit for that. There was a South South Korean baseball team that had a dragon that flew around, so it was a little bit of an IP lift there. Except we we switched it out to a raven. Um, but you know, it was really something that was really exciting for us because I think that was the first time that we realized that you could do with this gaming engine stuff in a venue through live cameras. You could do these live sort of bigger than life these wow moments where people are like well what wtf what 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 was that what just happened um and you know then of course everything shut down so there was nobody in the stadium so you, so it kind of just sort of fizzled out but then it, it's come back like like crazy i mean we've we've you know we've we have we're basically stacked up till january with projects um for mixed reality and all kinds of and all kinds of interesting sort of applications applications for that um for that technology so you know we did that we did this we did the um we did some set extension at the nba all-star game um we did some work at the super bowl this year um we have this the chipotle thing that we did for the um for the nhl for the playoff game in colorado is is really interesting because that was in theory, which I didn't, and I didn't even realize it was going on television. That's, that's, you know, I, I didn't even, I didn't even get the memo on that one for some reason. But anyway, so that was interesting because that was an actual 45 second ad buy on Turner Sports. So that was a live, real time rendered mixed reality in venue experience that was live on broadcast and live in the venue at the same time and was Chipotle paid for a 45 second national commercial ad buy. So that was their ad buy. So that was something really, and you know, I didn't, I think we didn't really get the sort of the gravity of what that was until our LinkedIn basically melted down with people like, you know, saying, Oh, you, this is the future of, you know, how advertising is going to be. And this is, you know, all this kind of stuff. So that, that, that was a real eye opener. And I, and I, I think what's happened in at least our side of it is that sponsorship and and their partners do not want to just be on the two-dimensional screen anymore they don't want to be on a static sign they they want to do something that you know is has a real impact they want something that you know 
the ROI, we can get in a whole debatable discussion about ROI around some of the stuff, but, you know, and, and, you know, saying that something is viral before it goes viral, that's a big no, no too. But, um, you know, these things tend to, these things for the most part tend to, you know, tend to really blow up on social, you know, people really like them. They get featured on television, they're on the news, um, you know, it's, and, and now, and now, you know, now it's really, really our job to iterate on this and what is the next, what is the future of this look like? Because, you know, that's the thing in, in our business and in, in general, using this kind of these tech, technology and all this stuff to kind of drive these visual experiences, the landscape changes so fast and so rapidly that if you're not thinking about what's going to happen next year or start looking at things and how to piece new things together, then you're going to be way behind the curve. Um, you know, because again, it's that, it's that, you know, we always get that will give us something that nobody's ever seen before. Well, sorry, that's not true. Unless you want to go back to, you know, the 1400s. Um, so, you know, but it, but it is, it is like combining stuff in, the, in, in a unique way and then figuring out what's the iterative next step on that so for for example in the mixed reality stuff this is my where i might you might have to bleep some of me out um but we're working uh, and actually making the assets uh, controllable with a game controller so clients can actually control them themselves so it's more like playing a video game instead of us having to create content where they can make it as more of a real time they can create a lot more content that way so that's something that we're something that we're working on we're also working on some 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 tech that where people can actually interact through their mobile devices with the mixed reality um, in a variety of ways. So it's, it becomes an active instead of a passive experience because there, there is this, there is this disconnect still between the physical and the digital worlds. It's like they're, they feel still very separated. I mean, you, AR is an interesting thing for your mobile device, but kind of the stuff that we're doing on the broadcast level is it's, you know, it's still a passive sort of, experience and that part of that is that the technology inside mobile devices isn't as sophisticated as the tracking that we use the scanning of the environments that we do you know all that kind of stuff but it, it's getting there yeah for sure i mean i, th I think what's so you know for some people they might hear the, you know the journey from a broadcast graphics package kind of development company into now you know, being more of a fan experience company who's really focused on, you know, this mixed reality and extended reality. That might sound like a big journey, but, you know, to me, that really just personifies the change that we've seen in the entertainment, especially sports entertainment in the past 10 years, uh, you know, and how live shows and, and the expectation that audiences have for what is entertainment. Um, and what is it they should be able to to experience through that? So it feels like it's just a really great kind of parallel of how the industry's developed. And especially sports, you know, sports always seems like it's kind of one of the early frontiers for mass consumption of emerging technology um, because it is such this ripe ground of highly engaged fans, a lot of eyeballs and a lot of ways to, to play with it. Yeah, and you sound a lot smarter than I do just from, from saying that. So yes, um, you know it is it is it is a cool industry because the the clients, you know, they really do want to push stuff forward. They're really open to trying things out and testing stuff. And if it doesn't work, they're they're cool with it. Like that. That's actually one of the best parts about 
you know, being being in this market is that the willingness to experiment and, you know, and the NFL is, is very forward thinking when it comes to a lot of that stuff. Like they're, you know, the, and a lot of leagues are that way too. You know, they're, they're very into the pushing forward and so are the broadcasters. So it, it is a great space to be in from that, from that perspective. And can you talk a little bit about, you know, uh, because mixed reality spans such a spans such a, a wide kind of variety of activations. But you know, thinking specifically about some of your stadium activations, where you're making, um, you know, content come to life on the jumbotron for even people in the stadium as well as the ones watching. Can you just talk a little bit about the technology that powers some of these experiences, these mixed reality experiences? You know, what are the real necessary components that have made this possible over the past couple of years? Yeah, and I mean the the thing is that the stuff is still all pretty much relatively very new, and so the one thing is that you have to have an iron stomach to run this stuff live because it's very touchy. Um, but you know the the way that it works is that you we go in and we do a lidar scan of the venue. The lidar scan basically gives you a one to one three dimensional model of the physical space, and what that what that allows is that. The thing about the mixed reality is that, you know, you've got this broad spectrum, you've got augmented reality, virtual reality, all this stuff. But the mixed reality is that the object, the CG object actually like interacts with the environment. And that's done through having a one-to-one, you know, the scan of the stadium. So that Raven like landed on the, you know, on the goalpost on the upright, the Panther jumps down on the field, the, the, the giant, glove hockey glove breaks out of the ice and they look like they're actually in the physical space so that's that's a huge component to it is the the scanning that then there we do a lot of light survey so we get all the lighting conditions so the the objects are lit with the real-time lighting as well so the lighting matches in so that's a big component of selling that it's actually you know looks like it's physically there that the lighting matches that you know the shadows are correct on the physical objects so that's that's a big piece. And then there's the, the camera tracking, which is, you know, you attach these things to the lens. So it gives you all the lensing information. And then that information gets translated into a CG camera that, you know, takes that data and then, you know, applies that into the scene where this, you know, the rep, the one-to-one replica is. And so the interesting thing about that is that the, the camera operators are critical in this live mixed reality stuff because they're the ones that tell the story. They're the ones that we have to cut between multicam. So there's a lot to, that goes into that. And again, it's live. So a guy could like miss his cue or, you know, get, be in the wrong location. So again, it's like, it's, it's a live, it's like a live show. So it's like, you know, there's a lot to that piece of it too, just besides, you know, tracking the lens data, it's working with the camera guys, setting up the whole story and okay, this, you're going to cut to, you know, camera A, and then you're going to cut to Y, then you're going to cut into tight, then you're going to do this, you know, all that. So that whole thing has to be all mapped out. And then that's going into, into on-site. We bring a bunch of graphic servers that have some really high-end graphics cards. We use a show controller, um, which is called Pixitope, which is basically where you set where the Unreal, the stuff that's done in Unreal comes in, and then the camera tracking comes in, and you set up the whole show in, in the show controller, um, and then from there is where you sort of run, you run it out, you run it out live. Um, and it requires, um, it's about six people on site that we typically have guys that have to do with the camera tracking, the show controller side, 
um, the production, the, sh the show producing. Um, then we typically have one or two um, Unreal artists, you know, available on standby in case we have to make tweaks. This, that's the other big thing about this stuff is that it's a completely different process for a client because you do not see what this looks like until three days before the event because you can't really get a good idea until you light it up through the actual live cameras and look at it in the physical space. So it's a kind of, it's, it's, that's, that's been a sort of a journey for people to really kind of wrap their heads around that. I mean, we, we try to, you know, give them as much as we can up front and, you know, we have reviews and things to look at, but you really, really do not get a sense of what it looks like. And like I said, until about 72 hours before it goes live. So, you know, there, there's and the way that, you talk about that there, coordination yeah. too. Like, you know, that coordination, it sounds almost like, uh, you know, being on a film set and filming a really uh, complex action scene, you know, where the explosions are going up. And it's like, you know, there's these equal parts of pre-planned -pre and orchestrated. And then also that really big component of the coordination of all those elements in that live environment uh, that that adds that really special mix of the wow factor, but also the the risk factor. Yeah, it's like running live visual effects. So, I mean, it, you know, and that's what sells it. I mean, you if you if you, we were gonna do pre pre record it and they just run it back, it's not the same. It's just you you there's something that you miss from it being actual live. And we're doing some some interesting projects this year that's gonna really take advantage of that kind of storytelling with mixing physical and these you know this sort of live visual effects together which is should be really fascinating stuff so again this is you know we're just at the tip of the iceberg here we, we've you know this this stuff is so new and there's so much so much here to to to, to work on yeah well i think that's also why you know at, at jack and i'm sure you know a lot of other agencies that are similar to us are are so, you know, are just starting to dabble in this field because of the things you talked about, the risk factor. I mean, obviously a lot of clients, they had less of a need than say organizations like the NFL uh, or the NBA, or, you know, frankly, even e-gaming, right? Where th they don't need that same level of pressure. So they kind of want that little bit more of the, the security, which is why we've kind of, we've done mixed reality, but why we look to kind of industries like this, which are pushing it a little bit more, because we know that this is, that's the first layer of adoption. And that's when also clients, it's when the clients see it on the Super Bowl that they're like, well, why can't we do something like that for our show? And we're like, we definitely can. You just might need a little bit, uh, might need to adjust the, the process that you're used to. Um, and you're going to need to be open to working with new partners. It can't be the same exact thing that you've done in the past, just adding a little layer on top. Yeah, yeah. So I was I was just gonna say um, from a from a you know a client's perspective, I think there's a couple things. One, it's going this way, so that whether they need to evolve and they're you know in in our space, like I mentioned before, you know sponsorship, they need something different. They're not going to keep doing the same old stuff. They're just not doing that. So the static anything that's out. So they have to find much more interesting ways to engage with the audience. So there's that and. There's also that I think people realize from this kind of, you know, being on with QR codes at the restaurants, being on video conferencing all the time that, you know, there's a there's a way to really tap into a global fan base that you wouldn't exist, that you wouldn't be able to get to before. So it's not it's not just about the 30,000 seats in your venue. It's about the three, five, 10 million fans that never get to go to the venue 
that you can bring into the venue through all these kinds of experiences. And, and that's where, where, that's where it's really, you know, and, and again, this is something that's so new that there isn't really an ROI built around this because, you know, besides the WWE who ran sort of this Thunderdome for an entire 110 shows, there hasn't been a team or a league or an organization that has run this through an entire season to understand the impact, you know, the, the financial, you know, what they, the revenue impact, you know, all that kind of thing. It hasn't been proven. So once that, once that happens, we're going to see a lot more. And then again, that's just rich for sponsorship and brands to get involved with, you know, you're now you're dealing with, you've got, okay, I've got my 30,000 people. I've got what's happening on my broadcast, but now I've got 3 million people that are coming into this experience, you know, in low latency video through a web page. So it's like, you know, it's a whole different world is coming and it's actually the most exciting time, you know, since, since I started this business to be in this business for, especially I think for all of us in the experiential space where, you know, where we're, we're, we're used to basically, you know, being combining that physical with, with content and, you know, some of the interactive components that we've been doing, but this is like a renaissance. I mean, this is, this is a whole other, a whole other, a whole other thing is coming in the horizon. It's, it's really, really cool stuff. It's really exciting. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I, when we talk with people, whether that's about the, the metaverse or extended reality or, you know, how the, these new components that are starting to, to evolve and emerge, I say all the time, I'm like, we don't know what the end product of this looks like. We have thoughts, we have early ideas, but it's like we never, we didn't know what social media was going to turn into, you know, that when, when Facebook started and MySpace was a thing, you know, that it's, it's changed so drastically. And I mean, I think to your point as well, with, with the technology also changing as rapidly as it is, that adds a big, you know, kind of uh, variable uh, into, into the situation, which I mean, for you guys, you know, you're talking, you were talking a little bit about um, you know, the limitations of mobile, but what is the technology that, that you guys are looking at that are, is either not quite where, you know, is either holding you back right now or limiting you slightly, or that you're just really excited for it to emerge. Cause you know, you'll be able to do stuff with it. You know, is there anything on your guys's horizon that you're kind of itching for development on? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> You know, I, th I think, you know, there's, there's, it's an interesting sort of thing around technology because people tend to, when all this stuff happens, tech, te the technology leads the, leads the creative. So it's all about what the technology does. And that's, that's backwards. Like it's, it's the technology is just a tool like anything else. It's really like the creative is what drives, you know, nobody cares what's underneath the Ferrari. I mean, the Ferrari just drives, you know, looks sexy and people know it's awesome. It's like, they're not going to, go around and ask you like, you know, about the brake pads and this and that, you know, all that kind of stuff. So people tend to fall into a trap of like using this stuff just to use it because everybody else is using it or, you know, Oh, I have to be an AR because everybody's an AR. I have to do this. You know, I think, I think really, you know, what's, what's really important is to think about the user experience and what the fan gets out of it and then figure out what best, pieces of technology you can put together to deliver on that. Um, and that, that, I think that's like where you, where you get, you know, a lot of success as far as like what's coming. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of interesting things coming around, you know, this running these digital twins and web browsers, you know, some metaverse stuff as people talking about, but there's, it's a ways away. You know, that's the other thing too. I think 
you know, there's this reality and sort of this fantasy around a lot of this stuff, you know, where, you know, all of a sudden you, you go on your LinkedIn and my whole entire LinkedIn page was everybody was NFTs for like six weeks. It was everybody and their grandma had an NFT. Um, and then, you know, then all of a sudden it's all, you know, everybody's on this metaverse, you know, whatever that means. Um, and so, you know, it's, it is exciting and interesting, but I think at the same time, you know, these are all problems that have to be solved for your clients. If you want to work at scale on a lot of these things, it's just, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot to do. So, I mean, yes, there, there's, you know, mobile is mobile is going to drastically improve, especially around what, what you can do in AR. Um, the stuff yeah. that we're doing is going to become more photorealistic. So it's going to really be like live Lord of the Rings style visual effects. Um, and, you know, the stuff that we're going to be able to do in the cloud with, you know, large scale, whether that's delivering an experience in a web browser or bringing people into a venue through video or a combination and, you know, using gaming engines, I mean, it's, it's massive. It's, it's the, I just think for me, like to be an experiential company or to be on the tech side of this event stuff, what we're doing, this is like the best time ever. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I have to agree. And I think, you know, we've definitely, um, especially over the last few years, again, as some of this technology becomes more accessible, those are a lot of the call, calls we get, you know, that we want to do something in VR and we say, great. But what's the idea? <laughs> um, yeah. And then there's always that kind of like deep pause of like, well, we want to show that we're cutting edge. We want to show that we're new. We want to show that we're brave. Um, and always that discussion of, okay, well then how best do we do that? And, or, and then also how do we use this technology um, to achieve really what it is that you want, but always starting with the, what's your ambition? And then what's the creative solution? And then, okay, how do we adapt what is available or create something brand new? Uh, in order to deliver that. That's, yeah, that's that's always the, and let's be honest, the marketing industry is always going to kind of make noise about these new things because it is, because ex everyone's excited for another channel and everybody is kind of looking for that thing that really differentiates them, especially with all yeah, the content. No, and, yeah, and that's, that's the most, that's, I think the coolest part about it is really this has created an entire new channel of media, like all of this stuff. So, I think, again, that, you know, and it's an evolution, right? At first, it's like, oh, this this is all cool. Let's make all this cool stuff. And then, you know, you get to this, well, how do I push this to the next level? And then how do how does this return, you know, on my investment? So, you know, mm -hmm. I think that when the reality sets in that, you know, I don't know, a dancing banana on, you know, on your camera, wherever you go, isn't going to return, you know, some kind of metric, then, you know, you've got to really figure out, well, how are we going to use the technology to really deliver on, on what the strategy is and what we promised our partners? Yeah. And I think what's also interesting is, is really to think about why this trend is emerging at all. And this idea that the, the things and the types of experiences uh, that companies like yours are creating, um, it very much feeds into this trend that, yes, as a society and as cultures, we're maybe becoming more remote in the way that we're experiencing things from further distances and, and more singular, but that there's still this very human desire to feel like you're experiencing something as part of a group, 
to achieve that similar feeling of the togetherness, which is just, is obviously one of the biggest opportunities for experiences like this, but it's also interesting to think about, well, what is that base human trend that's driving this? And then how do we allow that to help guide us as far as what's coming down the road? And what are the types of experiences that will really resonate with audiences? Yeah, that's a, you're totally right. And it's, it's all about the community experiences. If you're, you know, that's what you get an alive experience. You get to experience it with everybody that's there. You get to feel the energy. And there's a big disconnect between if you're doing something in a virtual experience and you're doing something in a physical experience. And I, I think there's, you know, there's, again, this is a huge opportunity to figure out how to bridge the gap or what are the conduits between a, a physical and a digital and then sort of, a, sort of how do you transfer people back and forth in real time so they feel like you know they're there having an impact you know they're they're having that same type of experience and you know that they're not running in in separate you know channels but they're overlapping each other and you know again that's where a, a tremendous amount of ideation and potential has to happen you know around how to do this i mean like i said the the simple example is you know the wwe had no fans so they brought in fans from over 252 countries over a year, um, you know, into this, into this space through these screens. And they, they were, they were the audience. I mean, they were not there, but they were the audience and people would go to sign in to get in this thing. It would be sold out in 15 minutes or less. And, you know, they merchandise would be gone in like five seconds, you know, every, everything would sell out. And, and I, you know, I think that shows that shows that there's a real, you know, that when you can get it right, when the, when there is a sense of community and people feel like they're experiencing something together, it's very powerful, even if you're not there. I mean, even if you're, you know, in your living room, um, you know, thousands and thousands of miles away. So there is, there's a magic around that stuff. And I, I think if you come from it from live events and not just from technology and not just from web and not, you know, it's like, have to come from it from the experience side of it and you know how to how to bring those fans together and bridge the gap i mean that's that's like that that's successful if you if you don't do that it's just it feels very disjointed and it feels very sterile other otherwise so anyway there's my endless rambling no I, i couldn't agree more and you know just thinking you know uh being aware that we don't know who, who's listening to this podcast, but just from your guys's point of view, you know, what are your favorite types of requests to get? Or, you know, what, what are your ideal scenarios that people come to you with ideas? You know, what would you like for, you know, if anybody's inspired by this, how would you like them to kind of approach you and at what stage? So, yeah, I mean, you know, for number one, I mean, we're very, very excited, you know, that IPG, invested in our business you know we're we're very excited to be part of you know this ipg family especially working with you know on the experiential side of the business um you know so we're we're thrilled to be here i mean it's it's a huge step forward for our own business and and you know was a was quite an interesting you know sort of thing to get through during a pandemic but it 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 worked out in the end and you know we're here it's awesome um you know we you know, for us, what we find very helpful is, you know, we like to get in as early as possible, you know, into into some of the general sort of if there's general concepts or thoughts, ideation, 
Um, and you know how we can kind of either, if it makes sense, what technologies make sense around some of the creative ideas or, you know, how is this possible or is this not possible? You know, hey, we have this idea that we want to do this. How could this be done? What's the timeline around something like this? You know, what's the lift? You know, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we've been, we've been doing a lot of that, um, you know, since we've been here. Um, and, you know, it's, it's been working really well. Um, so and then, you know, obviously... Because we're, we're not, we're not, you know, I wouldn't think of us as a vendor, like, you, you know, like, we're, you know, we're here as a partner and part of the family to really, you know, get in and help win new business and grow existing business and do all that kind of stuff. So, you know, the earlier we can get in, the better, in my opinion, um, you know, because we can really help craft a lot of, you know, what, what the story is, or how to use technology, or, you know, what the experience can be. And, you know, in a smart way that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think it's good, it, you know, but also, you know, if it's like, Hey, we just were awarded this job and they want, you know, King Kong to jump out, you know, and run down the city and mixed reality. That's, yeah. Okay. We can do that too. That's not a problem. <laughs> um, so, you know, but we, you know, we do do, I mean, you know, like I said, we, we're very well versed because in, in our side, we do, we do it all. Like we do the creative, we do, you know, we help, we've even, like this Chipotle, NHL, um, and all that stuff, we actually were in the middle, like, brokering that whole thing together on top of doing it. So, you know, we, we were many, many, many hats in our tiny little pond over here. So, um, you know, we're, we're kind of a Swiss army knife when it comes to a lot of this stuff. So, you know, we, you know, we have a lot of knowledge, too, on the on-site stuff, the hardware, software, you know, XR, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, however we can help and where we can get in is where we're, we're stoked. Love that. Basically, you know, they come to you uh, with, with big, exciting ambitions and with an open mind of, you know, how, how that experience can unfold. Love that. Yeah. And I'll, I, I, we, I never try to tell you it's not, it's not possible because anything's possible. It's just the old time and money. Yeah. Yeah. And also it's, <laughs> and if you're not particular about how it gets done as well, right. That's often the thing. Like if you're open to a different type of solution, you can probably achieve almost anything. You just kind of got to be open yeah. to, to taking a different path to get there. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. Well, you know, Greg, th thank you so much. It's been so nice to talk to a kindred spirit, um, you know, who's looking at experiences and who's really pushing kind of the bounds of how we connect uh, with not just content, uh, not just experiences, but but whole communities. And, you know, it's so exciting to, to watch you guys work and and hopefully we'll get to do some work together in the future. Oh, yeah, no, it's awesome. And, you know, we're a big fan of your guys' work. Um, so yeah, we're we're we love to get involved as as much as 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 we can. So we're we're here to work, and uh, as we like to say, we we like to make cool shit. That's that's what we do. So yeah, we have, we have we have a pretty similar pretty pretty similar motto on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I just you know thank you thank you again, and uh, you know I'm hopefully right now is a is a good time to maybe catch some of those waves uh, out there in Hawaii. So I hope you get to soak up some of that sunshine. Yeah, thank you. It was a real pleasure.